let's talk about sports. <laughs> let's talk about sports. Is there a game going on this week? There might be a game going on this week. I heard there's somewhere like a is it Chipotle Bowl. Is it a Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Super Bowl time. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Hemel Javeri along with Stephen Ruiz. The almighty Evan himself. Evan Thorpe. Welcome to the show. It is the Friday before Super Bowl Sunday. We're pretty stoked. We like sports around here. <laughs> Evan shaking his head. We, when you work in sports, you start to hate sports. It's a love-hate relationship. I yeah. feel like all fans have a love-hate relationship. When you see your team lose and like like the way the Saints lost a couple of weeks ago, you hate sports, but then they brings you back in like a week later. But when you work in sports and it's like it's all the time. It's work. And especially like big events like this, it's like, God, I don't even want to watch the Super Bowl, but I'm going to be forced to and I have to. Man, the world's <laughs> smallest violin is playing for you right now. You know I that, know, right? right? <laughs> it's for all of us. We are complaining about how we work in sports. Like, what? What? No one wants to listen to this. No, I know. No, we're, we're very grateful to have the jobs that we do. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have a job. <laughs> all right. I was struggling. But I'm, gl- I'm glad to have a job. Yes, sir. Uh, anyway, yeah, Super Bowl is this Sunday, and one of the great parts about the Super Bowl is the commercials. We can't get enough of them. So whether you will be rooting for the teams or cheering for the commercials, log on to admeter.usatoday.com, where you can watch and rate Super Bowl ads before and during the big game. It's a battle to the top. Everyone can be a fan of. Again, go to admeter.usatoday.com. It's going to be super fun. Okay, guys, Stephen, what is going to be the storyline that we are going to be sick of by the time the game starts on Sunday? How old Sean McVay is. <laughs> by the way, he's 33 years old. Let's get that out of the way. You're going to hear that about, uh, I'll put the over-under at like 14, and I think it's going to be way over that. It's just going to be the storyline because not only is he young, Bill Belichick is old, and we love when old guys go against young guys for some reason, and that's going to be the storyline. I think that I'm already tired of hearing that mm-hmm. just because, like, they're just putting up, like, oh, it's the the young genius versus the old veteran coach, and I just want Bill Belichick to beat them so bad that we never hear about this again. Really? Yes. I think that the story, one of the storylines that I'm going to be sick of is, uh, one, the Patriots keep referring to themselves as underdogs, which is hilariously comical. And two, is this going to be Tom Brady's last Super Bowl when everybody knows that it is not going to be Tom Brady's last Super Bowl? First of all, they're taking what the Eagles did last year, and they are like running with it when everybody expected them to be in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady's going to play till he's 55. Yeah, but he's going to play until they have to carry his CTE-addled brain off of that field. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but the thing is, Tom Brady just flops when somebody ever tackles him, so he probably <laughs> is probably like the cleanest. Tom Brady drinks a lot of water. He doesn't get concussions. That's true. The water prevents him. But, no. no, it's so ridiculous that they think they're underdogs. They were favored 67 straight times before the Chiefs game. The Chiefs were the number one seed, the best record in the AFC. They were playing at home. They should have been favored. Like they, they're not favored one time, and the, now the Patriots are UMBC against Virginia last year. Like this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's just something so uh, of the moment about a very well-off team 
that has a consistent track record of winning and of all this money behind them Mm -hmm. to think of themselves as the ones who are the real victims of the system right now. They get like a a congratulations tweet every time they win from the president of the United States. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I am ready for, for the, to, to just never hear about those things uh, again. With that said, I'm rooting for the Patriots like Evan. So you're rooting for the Patriots, Evan? Yes. I have no ill will towards them after my Eagles beat them in the Super Bowl. (laughs) So I can say, Hey, I'm cheering for the Patriots. It just it comes back to him being an Eagles fan. I think he's a little insecure. It's like in the same vein as the Patriots fans being like, we're an underdog now. No one believed in us. I think the Rams are stealing all the Eagles' thunder. They were the NFC team that was up and coming with the young coach, and now that's the Rams with McVay. Steven's mad that Doug Peterson is a great coach and that he doesn't get the credit he's deserved. That's all it is. It, it sounds like Evan's mad that that happens. It sounds like Evan's being unprofessional. <laughs> I'm hating right now because he called me out, but it's okay. Let's go Tommy Brady. Let's go William Belichick. We're the underdogs this year. <laughs> oh, now it's we? <laughs> Red, white, and blue, baby. As has been previously established on this podcast, especially if you listen for a long time, when Ted Berg was hosting, and it was Ted and myself, we were both really anti-Tom Brady. So it's anybody but the Patriots. I'm sick of Tom Brady. I'm you- with you guys there. But I lo- I'm... Pro Bill Belichick. Yeah, now. you're pro Bill Belichick. I love Belichick because of his cutoff sweatshirts <laughs> and surly demeanor. No, I just think he's like a unique coach who makes like for me when I watch a game, it's like what can I write about this game? And Belichick like always gives me something to write about because he's always doing something interesting. And I think he's the only defensive coach in the league that is like that. Like when he retires, we're not going to have a guy like Belichick where you can write about like oh he through this crazy game plan at a team. I don't think we're going to be able to do that anymore once he leaves. So I'm going to miss him. <laughs> okay, we, we fast-forwarded way into the future and got a glimpse into he's your 70. heart. <laughs> he's 70. And then, yeah, he's a part of my heart now. I love Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about somebody this way on this podcast. The fact that you're saying you love a guy you don't know. Like, love. Yeah. L-O-V-E. Like, no. if someone was like, you can never talk to your brother again. Whoa. Or Bill Belichick retires. I would be like, mm, sorry, brother, never talking to you again. Oh, wow. <laughs> Steven has some family issues that he's going to have to go work out. I'm like Aaron Rodgers in that way. <laughs> I'm the Aaron Rodgers of this podcast. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Shots fired. Woo. Coming in hot. Somebody's punchy from all the work that they've been doing this week. Uh, I've been writing a lot about Belichick, though, so you'd think I'm tired of him, but nope, I can't get enough of the guy. He is in your heart, on your mind, uh, on your football mind. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? It was a big blockbuster trade in the NBA. Oh, that's right. Let's get to the big story of today, Chris Stops being traded from the New York Knicks uh, to Dallas. Uh, yeah, uh, there was some rumbling saying that he was frustrated with the Knicks, And literally like an hour later, it was reported he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. The Knicks will be sending Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and Wesley Matthews. And the Knicks will also add a player with a contract about $1.5 million. But this was the 
block blockbuster trade nobody was expecting. I mean, I think everybody thought Anthony Davis would get traded, but this right. is crazy. I mean, you're clearing, if not your best player, one of the best players on your team for cap space. Yeah, I mean, the New York Knicks, <laughs> our Charles Curtis wrote a, a good piece <laughs> talking about, like, they were on their way to being relevant in the basketball world again. And Porzingis had a lot to do with that because he was a, a young star who was hurt this year and was going to come back potentially with new and better teammates. And now he's being traded to the Dallas Mavericks, who has, like, all of the European players in the NBA. Yeah, he's going to go play with Luca. Luca. Charles learned a valuable lesson, and that's never put your faith in the Knicks. Like, why would you write that? I don't. You're like begging to like for it to backfire. Poor Charles. Charles, by the way, is a lifelong New Yorker, so he has a vested interest in the Knicks, like maybe being good. And he just wrote this piece. I would say it has not even been 48 hours, <laughs> and his life has come crumbling down. Literally this week on like Monday or Tuesday, me and him talked about basketball. And he was like, "Yo, the Knicks look really good." <laughs> They look really good. They, they might have a chance to get Anthony Davis. And he even, like, may, put it in his sports post, and I'm like, bro, you never should put it out there because you're just going to jinx it. Like, as soon as you come out and say it, the opposite happens. Yeah, the universe taught Charles a very valuable lesson to, uh, this week, which is unfortunate because we love Charles and we think he's great. To- Why didn't they try to trade Porzingis for Anthony Davis? I think that – I don't think the Pelicans are trying to trade him right now because I feel like because Boston can't trade him, you're not going to get the most assets out of it because Boston has not only draft picks but young talent, whereas if you trade him to the Lakers, you're going to get a draft pick that's probably in the 20s or the, you know, that's very high. You trade him in New York, you're not going to get that many good pieces in return. You're just going to get Chris Stops in the trade, a draft pick. That's I feel like that's good because you're replacing a transcendent player with another transcendent player where – I mean, what are you getting from the Celtics? You're getting Jason Tatum? Like, he hasn't been the same. You get Tatum, you could possibly get Brown, you could possibly get somebody like Rosier. None of those guys are Porzingis. But you could also get the multiple draft picks that the Boston Celtics just hold on to. Like but they have There's no guarantee those draft picks are gonna turn into a player like Anthony Davis or Porzingis. This is my my feeling is that when you have a superstar in the NBA, you have to hold on to him no yeah. matter what. So yeah. I don't cause it's not the NFL where you can win without a superstar. Like you need a suit you need a LeBron, uh KD, uh, uh, Steph Curry, one of those You need players. a franchise player. And now the Knicks just gave theirs up with no guarantee that they're going to be able to and replace I mean, And this is like, there are calculated risks that you take, and this is a straight-up gamble. But I also think, like, the Knicks, the, I think a lot of teams are probably looking at Anthony Davis like, he's probably only going to stay with one or two teams, so why give up that much when potentially in two years he could go to L.A. with LeBron, right. where they get Dennis Smith Jr., who was drafted two years ago, DeAndre Jordan, who they could probably trade, and Wesley Matthews, who I think is on the books for one more year. Now you can make a real run at KD and potentially Kyrie and try to get both of them and say, hey, we have the money to play both of you, and you can make New York a basketball city again. I mean, uh, yeah, a basketball city again. But I feel like part of the allure of the Knicks, like, because they think they're going to get these free agents, part of that was having Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Now they don't even have him. I don't think... I mean, winning matters for these guys. Like, KD and Kyrie want to win. I feel like they want to win away from – KD wants to win away from the Warriors. Kyrie wants to win away from LeBron. The Knicks gave up a sure thing for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I agree. Like, they have no, they have no like, cornerstone now. At least they had Porzingis. He was hurt, but at least they had 
that in their future. Now, what if they don't get any of these free agents? They don't like there's a potential that they don't get any of the free agents. They don't get the number one pick and they have actually not cleared enough cap space. So they're screwed. I think I I don't think I think the only person they could possibly get is Kevin Durant. I think Kyrie's either going to resign or I think he could go to L.A. with LeBron. They're already like working on their relationship. They're trying to be a better tandem. So I think it's, it's Kevin or nothing for them next year. All right. Well, it's been very interesting. I feel especially bad for our man, Charles Curtis, who's just gone through all the emotions in the past 48 hours. <laughs> Playing a violin for you, Curtis. <laughs> no, he's like in a terrible spot as a sports fan right now. I think he's a Giants fan. They're awful. He's a Knicks fan. We just covered why they're awful. <laughs> and he's a Mets fan who they were like had so much promise like three years ago or whenever they went to the World Series and now they're awful. It's just constant misery for Charles. And he's such like an upbeat person. Like yeah. I feel so bad for him, but at the same time, it's hilarious. I can see Charles like in a um, a group of fans and he's like, "Hey guys, don't worry, we're gonna be okay." So shut up and like throw some. Oh, because it's a, like a rude New York man. <laughs> he's just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so shockingly polite and upbeat for a born and bred New Yorker. All right, moving on from from Charles apparently. I would like to say one thing. In our for the win Twitch preview of the Super Bowl, okay. I beat Steven and I am the champion for our Twitch season. I came back and won, beat him 14-0. So, Patriots fans, be happy because most of the time when I win, the team I win against wins. Wait, what is the final tally? He won by one. I won by one point. Wow. We actually won the same amount of games. The Super Bowl was worth two points. Because oh. we, had to, we had to cancel the game because of the snow. That's right. So I won, and Stephen was supposed to do 50 push-ups, but he backed out. I don't know where the 50 push-ups things came from. It's like you just said it today. I can't even do 50 push-ups. You have a beef. You're oh. in the beef of the week. I mean, I'm not in the beef of the <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, yes. One thing that I did want to talk about. We rarely talk about hockey on the podcast, even though that's my beat. If you're a hockey fan and you're familiar with NBC analyst Pierre Maguire, he has a reputation for being, let's just say, awkward uh, with players in general. But I think he took it to an absolute extra level when there was when Kendall Coyne, who is uh, the U.S. women's national team player, was a guest analyst for NBC on Wednesday night uh, when Tampa Bay played the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he was incredibly awkward with her, introduced her by saying, hey, remember that the Tampa Bay Lightning is on the right, Pittsburgh Penguins are on the left, and just a reminder, we're paying you to be an analyst and not a fan. And then he, like, grabbed her around the waist and, like, led her to the ice. It was so flipping weird. Pierre's a weird dude anyway, but this was unbelievably uncomfortable. Yeah, I I saw it. I was like, I can't wait for him to attack this one. Because, like, this was right up her alley, and I just felt like, would he have done that if it was a guy? No. No. No, 100%. And everybody was like, oh, it's just Pierre being awkward. But Pierre is awkward with dudes in another way. He does not he does not belittle them that way, and he does not ever, like, touch them when he's not supposed to. Like, you're in a professional setting. Don't put your arm around somebody's waist. And, like, the way he explained, like, this team is over here, like, Obviously, she knows enough if she's going to come 
and basically call a game for y'all. Yeah, she is a five-time world champion, and she's won the Olympic gold medal with Team USA. Like, if, girlfriend if, knows her stuff. Yeah, if anything, she should be saying that to him. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, that was kind of the hockey buzz. Um, but it is the—I don't know if it's the beef of the week, unless it's me beefing with Pierre, which is the beef of the week. Yeah, Mad Dog's <laughs> here, baby, and she got beef. <laughs> Hemel could be in the beef of the week every week, I feel like. <laughs> Hemel wakes up and looks on Twitter and be like, I'm beefing with this person today. <laughs> I did get super fired up with, like, people in my mentions because I was like, you know what? I generally sh- try not to engage, but I care today. I was just like, let's go. If you try to come at one of my two co-hosts, <laughs> they got fired for you, all right? Ask Steven. What I happened. always engage. <laughs> Steven is ready. I'll be up till, like, 3 a.m. engaging. <laughs> Steven's like, I got nothing but free time. <laughs> I get on my computer. I'm like, why is Steven on Slack? And I'm like, he's not on Slack. He's on Twitter beefing. <laughs> why Mad Dog on Twitter? She's beefing. She's a vegetarian, but she still but she she eats beef. up that beef. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. All right. Before we wrap up, there is one other thing that I want to mention. It's about a special program at USA Today. It's called A Community Thrives from the USA Today Network. It transforms community improvement ideas into reality with grants of up to $100,000. This is actually really cool. And we want to hear from you. We would like you to submit ideas that you have to improve your community at act.usatoday.com. It's super easy. Tell us about a cool idea that you've got for your community and go to act.usa.com and you could win up to $100,000. All right, guys, thank you very much for hanging out with us and enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Go Pat. Go Bill Belichick.